we love that. That brings joy to us. That back and forth. That just, you know, that's just what we like. So, you want to play that game? We can play that game. It's cool. You know, it's it's all it's all on in between the lines. Like we're we're competing for something huge. Like so, we're not. You know, it's never personal. I don't care who I'm talking to. It's just a person right here, and I'm just gonna say what I feel, and I'm gonna do what I feel too. And that's what they're gonna do. And we appreciate. Like you know, if you you bring it and we we on that, that's cool. But you know, what we look for that's what you saw happen. You saw ain't no running in the hill, man. We climb up the chimney. Yeah, for sure. We ain't ducking no fun, smoke, man. man. We're going to let everybody know we're here. We're going to play hard, trying to get a win. And if you don't like it, oh well. And you might as well bring it, so. You're going to cry what the baby's going to do. I'm done with all that bluffing on the court because them guys do a lot of bluffing, so, you know. I'm from the bluff city, man. We don't do no bluffing, man. Chris Nation, what is going on? This is your boy Chris Ingram back with another episode of the No Bluffing Podcast. I am your host, of course, and we got our other host today. Luke, how you doing, Luke? I know you was out last week. How you feeling, bro? I'm good, brother. I think I lost 10 pounds last week, but I've done nothing but eat since I've been better trying to gain that 10 pounds back. And I'm just going to eat more next week for Turkey Day. So I'm, I'm good. I'm good. Yeah, I despise you, bro. I've been working in the gym the last two months, and I've dropped maybe, I don't know, six, seven, maybe. It's really hard, though. You know, gaining muscle, so the muscle hitting in the right spot. Get a lot of this fat off, but I need I need to get down to like 25, 30, honestly, where Shit. I want it. <laughs> I may not look like the same person, but that's just, you know, we're getting old. I got to drop some of this weight, man. But uh, we have a, a, a special guest again, back for the second week in a row. My main man, Danny Dimes, on the on the bets. Danny Dual Greer, how you doing, sir? Man, I'm good. I'm good. It's always uh, it's always fun the uh, the nicknames I I, I take upon the <laughs> you know the course of podcasting, <laughs> whatever show, whatever I'm doing. There's always a different one. Uh, so I love I love them, man. Let's keep it going. Yep. I don't even know where, I mean, I know where Danny Downs came from. I hate that I just called you that. I really do. Because I know they call it, what's the dude up there, Daniel Jones in New York? Yeah. Hey, he just. I heard he him just, called Vanilla Vic. Dude, that Whoa. was so smooth. I love that. I love it. <laughs> and it was Saquon who said that. So, hey. That's yep. hilarious. Vanilla Vic. I heard that. Well, we appreciate you <laughs> jumping on with us uh, today, and we're going to get right to it because um, we got a lot going on today, and as you uh, are hearing, uh, our other co-host, Nicole, is out, so just hoping for her to get better, um, and uh, we're just going to get right to it. We're skipping the news today. We're going to skip highlights. We're just going to get into the meat and potatoes of everything Grizzlies because that's all that we care about today because there's a lot going on, so um to start off again, if you've been under a rock, I, 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 I feel sorry for you because the Black Panther has finally made his return back to the Memphis Grizzlies, and um, I mean, I just can't, you know, I, I can't really, I guess, get across my excitement for having him back because you know, coming off the season that we had, wanting to see these guys fully healthy together and just see what it looks like, you know, we haven't been able to do that, and so Jaren was back on last Tuesday against the Pelicans, and. Maybe not an ideal game, but at the end of the day, it was his first game back after playing basketball in six months. So um, between that and the game that he had um, two nights ago, we are recording this on Sunday, uh, dropping this on Monday. But the game that he had two nights ago at home 
um, it was probably one of the better games he's played in a Grizzlies uniform. So um, just, you know, talk about the excitement that we have of him being back, number one, break down his performance and things like that, but just what he brings and, and, and just the excitement, again, from what he was able to build on on that last game. Um, how you feel about that? We're going to start with you, Luke. I mean, I think it's the best game I've ever seen from him, the the game against the Thunder. Um, I think that's Overall, the best rebound man. he's ever had in a game. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, the, the, the first game, I mean, I knew his shots were going to come. I knew those were going to fall. Um, mm-hmm. The fact that he was able to just come in and have five blocks, like, out of the gate is yeah. that – you know, that's that's what I was more not nervous, but, you know, th- that the defense was what I was really hoping would come back quick and it mm-hmm. came back immediately. And I, that just I was so happy to see that I knew his offense was going to get better. You know, like that first game, he was rusty. I mean, he I don't think anything went in. I'm God. I mean, how many points did he have? <laughs> it wasn't bad. Great. Seven, <laughs> points. Yeah, seven points. <laughs> God. Yeah. But I mean, and then Friday, it's like the shot selection was good. It was fallen. It was, it was just so good. It didn't take long for either incredible parts of his game to show up. And it was just really awesome to see. Yeah. So on, on trip, man, he, he was a more of a two level score uh, in the last mm-hmm. game and the aggressiveness and being able to have the three point threat is the biggest thing to his game. Because at that point, when you close out, he is able to get to the rim from the three-point line on two dribbles. That's it. Mm-hmm. That's all he needs. And he might not even need a second one if he's, if he's in motion already. So being that big, the inspector gadget arms, that he can get up, dude, it, he, he's such a threat. And mm-hmm. when he's aggressive, that is the best Jaron we have. The yep. problem is, is sometimes he looks like the New Orleans game, Jaron, where he gets in the short corner and catches those set shots. He's not a set shooter. He has to be a little bit moving that that ugly step in that he has with the long <laughs> whatever shot that whatever that's actually his shot which weirdly enough and so yeah. we need him to be aggressive Jaron to be the more two level score um, and if he can get to the front of the rim dude it's over it's absolutely over yeah so I'm gonna disagree with you on his best game Luke because I still that game against Giannis. When he, I think he popped like what was it, six or seven threes? I, I'm not even checking, fact checking this, but that game, that's probably my favorite Jaron game. I would say number two was his game against the Nets. Ironically, we played them tonight. Uh, his rookie year, he let off a couple threes, but that's probably number three for me for sure. That's definitely top three for me because, like y'all said, I mean, he was able to put it all together, and that's not, you know, something we've seen too much. You know, him do on defense defensively. Um, offensively rebounding all of that. Like, like, it was just amazing to see. Uh, but what y'all think? Because I know in the spaces after the game, you know, a lot of Grizz fans, and, and y'all definitely make sure y'all tap into uh, uh, Spaces Grizzlies on Twitter. The Grizz Spaces, the Grindhouse Spaces is what it's called on there if you search that. Um, but they do a, a post-game show every single game. Like, they don't miss over there. So shout out to them. Um, but it was a lot of fans that was disappointed with Jaren's first game. Uh, some even people was calling for his head and, you know, ready to trade him at the one game. It was crazy to hear that. I'm going to be honest. Like, dude ain't played ball in six months, y'all, for real. Like, I ain't played ball in – well, let me just be quiet. But I know it's going to be bad <laughs> when I first get on court. <laughs> I know it's going to be bad. So, uh, you know, you got to get a man a break. Like, and like you said, look, it was just more exciting to see his defensive 
Prowse still be there on that foot. You know, that was the big thing for me. How is he going to, you know, react with that foot? Uh, but for him to come back and, and just, you know, dominate in the post, it wasn't just those small guys on the Thunder. I mean, they was kind of frail a little bit, but they wasn't just super small. So I guess my, my next question is, like, what do you think just clicked? Because we saw a little bit of that aggressiveness in the, the uh, Golden State series last year. But it wasn't as heavy probably as it could have been because he definitely was bigger body than those guys. But what do you think clicked for Jaron? You know, to to just tap into that mold the other night. I don't, man, I don't know. Like the we were Steve-O was so just placid, sort mm-hmm. of third, like the other night. He just wasn't really the the big bully Steve-O we're used to down there and. Yeah. I think Jaron saw that someone was going to have to be, and mm-hmm. and it's it's not like he wasn't playing hero ball like Dylan likes to do. He was just realizing what was needed of him, and he's big enough now to do that. And he mm-hmm. just took command of it, man. Like he's so freaking big. He I, like, yeah. I, I forget how big he is now. Like, and not just like he's always been tall, but he's big mm-hmm. now. Like he he's just a massive dude. Yeah. Yeah, he's he's filling out to his man body. Like he's like <laughs> legit big guy. He's a big fella. Yeah. <laughs> like we uh we went down to the game in New Orleans and um just kind of seeing him next to a uh, a guy like JV who we've seen him next to. Mm-hmm. And JV looked like a monster next to him normally. But mm-hmm. now Jaron he's much taller than he is and he's so much thicker. His shoulders are so broad. Like he's growing into his man body and you can see Dude is growing up, man. And he he literally might feel stronger, which mm-hmm. means that, hey, he feels like when he gets down there, he can bang. And that's yeah, maybe I can't stop his, him. Exactly. It might be the, you know, him being more confident and, com- and comfortable. We'll see. But if, if we keep getting that, Jaron, I'm telling you, man, man Ja and him pick and roll would be something that would be very much a benefit to Ja. Mm-hmm. Did he get some gray in his beard too? Did I make that up? I, I swear I saw some gray, and it just made him look scary, man. It made him look scary. Maybe he popped some more protein powder. He, he wasted some protein powder on his chin before the yeah. game. That's what it was. He got some fun dip on his chin. <laughs> and you talk about his weight and his size, man. Just imagine when he have a kid. Like, that's going to be – well, you know, I can't really say that because Dez actually lost weight after he got a kid. I'm still jealous about that. That's not fair at all. <laughs> Shouldn't be possible. <laughs> at all bro that's not that's not fair but uh yeah definitely glad to have jaron back and like y'all said you know don't want to stand it too long but you know if we can get that jaron i hope that he he said he watches film i hope you watch that film after that game like every single day to see like your potential because he's out of here and you know my last thing on jaron because i thought about this about the uh after the game the other night he missed 13 games i believe 13 14 games do y'all think that's going to be an impact on his possibility to either make an all-star if he stays at that level or if he goes back to his defensive level last year of finally getting that defensive player of the year? Do y'all think those games are going to affect that? I, I don't think so. No way. I don't either. I mean, yeah. if, if he – if he how many games are in season 82? Yeah. Like he'll still, he'll still play – math amount that's like a pretty solid amount of think, games like i don't think i think will. he'll get 40 easy 
I think 40 yeah. is, I'm just looking at the numbers. I, I think it's around 50, the 50th game or so. So close mm -hmm. to 30, 35 to 40, he'll get, you know, unless, you know, something, you know, happens where he's taking rest days. But um, yeah. for the most part, I think getting close to 35 or 40, like you're, that's almost half the season. You just understand, like the new number is much lower than it probably used to be. Uh, yeah. because you know, you have guys like Kawhi that's completely flipping everything. So let's just let's just call it what it is. He yeah. can get 25, 30 games. I think that's a that's a good number. He's okay. Yeah, I agree. But Jaren, keep doing what you're doing. Uh, I know you're not playing tonight. Nobody's playing tonight, and that's gonna actually lead us into our next topic. <laughs> because we got a probably a CVS receipt list of uh, injuries that was out, and that just kind of blew everybody's high a little bit. So, um, as everybody knows already, Desmond Bainey's out for the next two, three weeks. Uh, he'll be reevaluated on that big toe, uh, which he needs to stop dragging his foot when he's, like, pulling up to the three-point line. I bet that's where it came from. But uh, Jaws out, unfortunately, he had an ankle injury. And, Daniel, you called it after the game. You said it wasn't really, you know, it didn't look like it was too bad. Um uh, I just didn't like that he didn't hop away like he normally does. Normally he hops away real fast, gets to the right. locker room. But uh, he was on the ground for a while, so that was kind of scary. But Well, the, the biggest thing on that is I'll always look at tendons and, you know, maybe ligaments and tendons. So mm -hmm. when it rolls completely over and touches, that's when you're stretching, you know, those tendons and those ligaments in there. Right. If you're not touching those, then you're not having surgery, which is a good thing. It's just, you know, at, at this point, it's pain management, getting the swelling down. I think he'll be fine. I bet we see him back in a week. No one jaw. And the way he heals, I bet he's back in a week. I, I wouldn't doubt it, you know, one bit if he's back. As it's long as it's not brain. high. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it just it can't be high. If 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 the ankle injury is high, which it didn't look like it, mm -hmm. it looks like it's more low in, in the forefoot. Uh I, I bet he's I bet he's back in a week. Yeah. I hope so. So we don't we, quote we, me. I know we we <laughs> we put money on that bit. So uh, obviously we would outside here. Um, and Jaron is, you know, he's managing his, you know, way back into the game. So he's going to be out tonight against Brooklyn as well. Um, I know our rookies, they're kind of going back and forth between the G League as well as Tillman. So I think that leaves over some crazy, like, 10, you know, players to play tonight. So, um, Luke, you looked at the, uh, <laughs> the the availability of what we got. Can you run through who we have for tonight, who's available to actually so play? This is who's going to start, Tyus, Jitty, Dylan, Santi, Stevo. That means our bench has to be Kennedy Chandler, David Roddy, Jake LaRavia, Xavier Tillman, and Brandon Clark. Tillman There's basically no one else. Way he playing. There's nobody else that we have. Yeah, that hurts. That hurts. I mean, but the only person that's not on the injury report that I didn't mention was Vince Williams. And if we see him, then this has gone really poorly. Yeah. Hey, before you before you uh, talk, Chris, Luke, will you pull up the Nets? I want to see what their bench normally might look like, Ooh. and that might give us a little bit because I don't mm -hmm. think they're very deep. And obviously, going back to the KD conversation, when he called out his starters, you're like, who? So I can yeah. imagine, like, you call out the bench, you're like, a double, who, who, who? <laughs> so I want to hear. <laughs> you are a betting expert, Daniel. So I know you mentioned something before we hopped on about as far as like the line with us. Like, tell it why Luke is looking it up. Tell us about that. Yeah. So the line on the game, a lot of people are calling for a Grizz cover. Um, and, you know, the, the, the most, I say the consensus on the number is been seven, right at seven. Uh, you can mm -hmm. get the Grizzlies for eight. So I'm curious how the game goes. I know this will come out way after, but 
Um, I wonder if they're just looking at the Grizzlies and being kind of who they are, the scheme, uh, because Josh should move that number. Mm-hmm. Bain should move the number. Jaron should move the number. And you're not moving it by much. So I wonder what the number is with our team. I bet we're a four-point favorite with our team, if not more, mm-hmm. and at their place. So you got to think. They, they got the home court advantage. Plus, you got our three players out. So I, right. I don't know why, but still, I would have never, ever touched that line. <laughs> but it's weird that people are saying that the Grizzlies should cover. Like, top people I trust. And I didn't yeah. trust them on that one. But normally, I trust them. <laughs> <laughs> Safe to say, you didn't put in on that one. Huh? Nothing. I didn't touch it. <laughs> so who we got, Luke, for, for the Knicks? Well, Nick, Nick Claxton's out tonight. <laughs> so he was one okay, of the guys that, that KD. Yeah, that was one of the guys that KD mentioned. Um, I think that's the only additional guy other than the dudes that have been out, like TJ Warren and all, and Seth Curry. Okay. Um, so that leaves them with God. I don't even know who some of these people are. That's all you got to say. That's all. David Duke Jr., <laughs> Joe Harris, Joe Kyrie, KD, Patty Mills, Markeith Morris. Is Markeith Morris a Brooklyn net? Yeah, he's over. Royce mm-hmm. O'Neal. Dayron Sharp, Ed- Edmund Sumner, sounds like a Civil War general. Yep. Ben Simmons, Cam Thomas, you and you, you Watanabe, Aldonis yeah. Williams. Yeah. Wow. A bunch of mid sound like. Yeah. So they went pretty much eight deep last game. Like just looking at the lines, like you're talking about Simmons, Curry, and Yuta Watanabe was the three guys, and then Sumner, who was a who was their point guard, played six minutes. So they. They went almost seven deep realistically. And so you're saying that Claxton's out. So that leaves them at six players that they trusted for over, you know, over more than seven minutes last game. And so I bet we see thing more. with Claxton too. It just says personal. Really? Yeah. yeah. I, I bet we see either Morris or uh, an Edwards. Edwards beat us up last game, I believe. Um, Kessler. Uh, yeah. Kessler. No, 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 no. Yeah. Kessler Edwards. Yeah. I want to say he played well against us last game, but I don't know. I'll, I'll, I'll go back and look at that, but it's going to be tough. Yeah. So I guess my question is, you know, with, with all the injuries that we're dealing with, and tonight, you know, we'll see what happens with, with the Nets. But it's kind of forcing our hand a little bit as far as we talked about, and y'all covered it a little bit on the post game the other night. Make sure y'all tap me in if y'all haven't already. We do uh, make sure – if you haven't – Heard already, um, Grizz901 podcast will be post-game shows now. So when the game is over, you can also go over there and hear, you know, live commentary after the game uh, as well. But they covered it a little bit over there uh, in regards to just, you know, rotations, uh, minutes for the rookies having to, you know, play a little bit more of a role than what they probably would if we was fully healthy. You know, Jai's out for, Daniel was saying, for maybe a week, but, I'm going I'm to go with the over on that. I'm going to say, I think I called in a tech before the game was even over. I was like, y'all, we'll see him in three weeks. Um, but we'll see. Making us grow up, though, uh, as far as the rotation with the rookies, our roster without, you know, the, the main two pieces in Bain and Job, but, again, injury management um, with Jaron. What does that look like, you know, for y'all? Because I don't know. I mean, again, it's always great to say that, you know, the next man up mentality with this team has been working. But when you force basically almost your your entire bench to be rookies, like I said, I'm looking at Tibbet almost as a rookie. They sending him down to the G League in his third year. Uh, it's Still. pretty much a wrap for him. <laughs> I just feel like that. And BC is not the highest IQ basketball player. So being out there with the Kennedy Chandler, 
uh, running the show. I'm just worried. So uh, for me personally, I don't I don't think it's going to be that pretty the next couple of weeks. I'm not jumping off the ship, obviously, because when they get back, we're going to, you know, would be the meanest. If it, if, it, if it took a bunch of games of us to lose, I would, I've told people the other night, like, we would be the meanest six or seven seed if the, if the ship went, you know, left at the end of the game, I mean, at the end of the, end of the season. But what do y'all just feel about, you know, as far as the injuries, how it's going to affect everything as a whole? I mean, it's it's easy to say that without without our superstars last year, we went, what, 12 and four? But that was also with guys like Slow-Mo and Melt, you know, mm-hmm. coming in to help with that. We're replacing those guys with David Roddy and Jake LaRavia, which I'm a big Jake LaRavia guy. I'm, I'm standing in for Ryan on this pod just, just – singing <laughs> Aravia's praises as much as I can. Like, I, I think I think he is going to be, even if we lose some games, I think he's going to be a huge bright spot because Coach has to play him now. Mm-hmm. Um, I hope David Roddy doesn't continue the Dylan trajectory, you know, stealing his hair, stealing the 20, 30 shots a game. I hope he doesn't do Man. that. I hope he continues to develop and actually – I hope this is good for, for them. Uh, I hope this doesn't become another thing that we mimic the Golden State Warriors do where we have a great starting lineup and then our bench is just terrible as we're trying to develop them while also get wins. I would like to stray away from that, but it it worries me. Yeah. Like even even as as polished as – and is the most polished version of Jake LaRavia now is still not going to be able to make some of the vet decisions that Slow-Mo was making and Melt was making during that loss, you know. So – during during the loss of jaw last season so it just it makes me nervous i i'm a huge tyus fan been a huge tyus fan for a long time i i think that the starters i think are going to actually be pretty fine I, i'm i'm really yeah. excited to see um our starting lineup tonight like i think that's a lineup that's good uh, you know i think mm-hmm. that's there's a lot of our there's a lot of our bench players or future bench guys that bench mob that's mm-hmm. forced to start now it's i love seeing them play um, and it helps them build confidence and chemistry going on late into the season, too. Yeah, which I, I want Jitty to develop as much of that. Like, sh- shoot the hell out of the ball as much as you can now, Jitty. Like, like that's mm-hmm. I want to see him – I want to see Jitty get as many double-doubles as he can, you know, with these guys right. out. As, like, every time he – I feel like every time he starts, he gets a double-double. I love it. <laughs> well, yeah, also in, like, you're looking at these young guys, they're actually more familiar with each other. Uh, compared to maybe what you're, you know, you're looking at on a normal game when you're with Ja, um, you know, I would imagine that they're running the second unit in practices and they're probably because they're, they are much younger. They're probably hanging out together as well, which is a big thing. And that's chemistry. Uh, Kenny Chandler's been running a lot down in the G league with X. Uh, so, you know, he mm-hmm. could actually benefit from X. Uh, they could play off each other very well. Um, so I, I don't know. I, I'm curious how this goes, but, um, our team, I, I think in a game like, you know, against a Brooklyn, but also moving forward because, you know, we're at, at minimum we're without our, our main best two players. I, I'd probably say Jaren's a three at the moment, the way Bain's playing. Mm-hmm. Um, you're talking about these guys have a lot to prove, and they're hungry. I don't think you see that with these teams that we're coming up against. I think that could be uh, a difference of what could happen. Tyus isn't the fastest player, but the rest of these guys outside of Stevo. They want to get up and down. So you could yeah. see a Kennedy Chandler come in, and you're talking about breakneck speed with guys like LaRabia and Roddy and saying, hey, BC, let's roll. And, and out of the lineup, and I'd even say tonight, mm-hmm. 
I know he goes with 10, but I wouldn't doubt if we possibly see uh, maybe go to nine, and that might be what it would be, which means that XT's out of the lineup tonight, and you're just going faster. So I think you're, I think I'm curious either way. We'll see, but we're going to have one guy we know he's going to shoot the ball. That's your boy, EB. <laughs> <laughs> DB two four, man. I thought you was going the yeah. other way on that one when you was talking about we was gonna see not ten. I thought you was gonna say maybe eleven or twelve when we see Junior out there tonight. But I guess that ain't Junior's out too. Page. What's wrong with him? Yeah, he's he's just he's out. It's for the transfer. Oh, the G League Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Man, fly that boy in the uh, the Brooklyn. Man, we need to see him. This is the best time for him yeah, to get Daniel. some minutes. Daniel, what's the, the over under on Dylan Brooks shots tonight? Can can we Sheesh. bet on that? So you know, there's. A, I think Ja has the record, right? I think it's thirty six. Isn't that what I saw? I think Ja has the record of thirty six shot attempts in a game. Is mm. he going for? Is, is he going for forty? And I don't mean scoring on. I mean like just shooting. <laughs> yes. I will start a petition to get him out of here immediately if he shoots forty shots tonight. <laughs> It's no way. Oh my God. Not only am I petitioning for him to get out of here immediately. I'm I love Coach Taylor Jenkins. I, I don't have much bad to ever say about him, but he's gonna be on that same petition uh petition if he if he lets him shoot 40 times a game. Like, no, mm-hmm. can't do that. Can't do I'll that. act Sorry. as if Dylan retired and retire my TB jersey if he takes 40 shots a game. I'll frame it and it'll no, be up burn it. somewhere. Just see it. No, 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 I don't want to burn it, man. No, <laughs> it costs money. Yeah, I'm with you. I hate when people do that on social media. Like, you hurt yourself. You it's like, we know money. <laughs> yeah, just go burn your money if you're doing that. So, I hear what y'all saying on that, and y'all touched on another good point on the post game in regards to how that DeAnthony Melton trade is looking right now. Um, that touched a nerve and a, and a soft spot in my heart because I know at the the night of the draft when I was sitting at the bar. And saw that trade go through, I was crushed. Not, you know, I like Melton as a as a guy on this team. He's a great teammate for them to have. He had great chemistry with Ja. Uh, but when that bench came in with him and Ty's NBC, you know, Kyle would go in there as well. Like you were just confident, you know, and, and with these rookies, I love them. But Roddy, when you compare him to what Melton brought, even though he didn't, you know, show up in the playoffs, Daniel, you brought up a great point the other night when you were talking about he was the guy that won you a lot of those close games. And, you know, I know early on in the season, our record is a lot better than what it was almost 20 games into the season last year when everything started to turn around. But um, it's just I'm not really, you know, caught up on slow-mo, but Melton compared to David Roddy like right now, especially when you without your starting point guard. I mean, Melton wasn't the greatest backup point guard, but he knew the offense, you know, pretty well, and he was able to get him into a set if he needed to. Again, KC, I'm just – my thoughts and, and, and my worries with him, yes, he's fast and quick, but I've seen him go 100 miles an hour down the court and the layup that he throws up there is about to hit the backboard because he, he's just no control. So uh, not just with him. I don't mean to point him out, but just if you're looking at the team as a whole, and I know last week we talked about you know potential big moves to make and things like that, but is this starting to kind of show that – you know? We knew it already, but is it putting a glaring spotlight on the depth that we just don't really have and that we may need to – if we don't make a big move, is, is, is it something that we need to, you know, address? Because Jaws going to miss games with the way that he plays. That ankle injury was just a off-ball type thing. But, you know, with the players that we got out and the players that we got replacing them, is that something that we need to address immediately? Or are y'all just like, 
let's just sit back and let it happen. And, you know, whatever happens, happens. Man, it's tough because we were talking tonight. It's like, who who's the creator for this team now? You know, like, like who who's the who's definitely the creator for the second union unit? I mean, you want it to be ideally what happens is during this time where those guys are out, Kennedy Chandler blossoms into a lovely basketball player that we can rely on. But that's the odds of that happening are very I mean, I don't know. Maybe that happens. It's like you said, he's been getting runs in the G League with X and it's we've not been winning in the G league, but is that what the G league's about? You know, like, right. is, is it about getting a dub? You know, you just want to see your players, like you want to see it clicking. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I, I don't think we need to go out and panic and get anybody. Cause I don't, I don't who's out there that can immediately fix all of our problems. You know who that guy, I mean, we, you, you talked about it last week. Like the guy ideally who fixes all our problems isn't going to be available. You know, mm-hmm. like I just don't see I don't want us to panic now because I don't see a solution currently. I would rather just trust our development because that's led us to pretty good results in the past and just hope for the best because I'm a crazy optimist for some reason. Yeah. And before you go, DJ, I just want to throw this out there. I just don't I hope and pray that we not with the five players. Let me not say five. I'll say four because obviously. Uh, Kenny Lofton, he's, you know, it is what it is with him. They're going to do what they're going to do. Uh, he wasn't drafted, but with the, and I won't even count Vince Williams because he's a two way as well. But it's almost like in my eyes, from the outside looking in, we count on the three main rookies that we got to all have the same trajectory that Zaire Williams had last year. Start off slow, maybe not the best, and yeah. then maybe at the end of the season they pick it up. And you just can't count on that because that's, that's an anomaly, you know, and Ja was an anomaly too, coming in, being rookie of the year and playing at almost an all-star level his rookie year. Like, we've just been really blessed to have these high-quality rookies coming in, and then Zaire, his situation happens. It's like, oh, we're going to do this every single year. And that just ain't the case. It's just not. So I just want to throw that out there, Daniel, you know, uh, to you, you know, before yeah. you win. Yeah, so what I always think about too is like, we can look at this into like a small like scope, like, and see like what we see is our team and we know how good they are. But then I also look around the league and I also think how good would Dallas be if they lost their three best players? How good would Denver be if they lost their three best players? How good would any new Orleans, how good would they be? Would they be 10 and six right now? If they did not have one of their main guys, and their main starting lineup to never touch the court together this entire year, would they be 10 and 6? And I think no. And I think that if you you take a step back and you look at it, these rookies should not be playing. And I said that on the postgame show, you have our five. Everybody knows who the five are. And after Mm -hmm. that, you do get a tie. Yeah, you get Zaire back, and you pair him with Tyus. And they're, you know, whatever. Flip DB, whatever. Take whatever you want. DB is going to be a starter on this team, okay? Uh, Dylan Brooks, sorry, not Bain. Um, but you're, you're, you're talking about Zaire and Tyus. You're talking about Aldama, who's been amazing, running him next to BC. And then you have Conchar. He, he's made himself a spot on this team. That's your 10. You don't ever see these rookies. And so at that point, you look at saying, hey, like, yes, we are good and we should make a big move. I think the biggest move should have been made during the offseason, and it mm-hmm. wasn't. They actually went in the other direction that we all thought. And at this point, I still think we're okay. Um, and I'm, I'm, I'm thinking what they're thinking is, hey, if we draft all these guys, maybe one hits. And if one hits, that's enough. Because mm-hmm. honestly, 
we were in the uh, this franchise didn't hit on any <laughs> outside of Mike Conley, Shane Battier, Pau Gasol, and they were trash. The whole team was trash during that time anyway. But if you realistically look at this, I think that the rookies shouldn't be playing. They actually are getting a crash course and growing up. And yeah. I think when everybody gets back healthy and they go to the G League, get a little spurt, they actually come in, help us here and there. I think you're going to see them blossom and take off because usually it's so fast. The NBA game is so fast. You're playing, you're, you're underwater, and you're on the bench for a few, a few games, maybe a month. And then all mm-hmm. of a sudden it, it clears up. You, you get your glasses on and everything goes a little bit clear, and they become a better player. That's true. I can't disagree with nothing you said on that one. <laughs> I mean, you, I mean, you're right. You take the top players off any team, they're going to suck. So, yeah. Let's all take a step back. Let's take a breather because Daniel definitely just made me take one, even though I still would rather have Melton instead of DB Square. <laughs> but it's okay. Hey, I'll stand. I'll stand on that mountain with you 100% uh, because <laughs> it gets you to a better spot into mm-hmm. the playoffs. It gets you, it helps you become a better team. I, and that's because I'm not a big David Roddy guy. I haven't seen it. And that, so I will stand on that mountain with you all day. I, I know this is like not <laughs> Nate's not here. We can say what we want. Yep. Uh, so we, if you want to package him and Brooks, that's fine. Whatever. We'll find somebody. We'll find him. You got we'll to package Nate friend. too. Because Nate we'll going to go. He's already gone anyway. That's easy. <laughs> oh, boy. Oh, man. We're they talking about him like he's dead. Shit. <laughs> They called a couple strays fast. <laughs> oh boy. Well, we gonna end it on this uh because this is a guy that could have caught a stray too. Uh Charles Barkley. <laughs> Just be quiet. I love you. I love you so much. Y'all are hilarious in the what y'all do for basketball culture. It's so appreciated. But uh he, he was on the show and I it's almost like he does not watch the Grizzlies and I I get it. We not a big market, but we got the most exciting team for the last almost two years in basketball. It's crazy if you not to know this, but said that Ja doesn't make it, his teams make better, and we're going to end on this one because uh, we know this. We watch every single game. We know how he, you know, makes every single player that's on the floor with him better. Um, BC came to his aid. Taylor Jenkins said he don't even listen to that mess, and Ja, we don't have to repeat because, you know, we try and keep it PG, but <laughs> Ja made a reference that basically, you know, Charles, get off. Uh, so, just we want to break down just real quick. You know, we know he makes his teammates better, but how does John make his teammates better? Because maybe this will come across Charles Barkley's desk. And uh, and just to spell that 20 and 14 or 20 and whatever the record was last year, that we're better without him. That's just so crazy. I just think the whole point of the way that John plays basketball is that he makes everyone around him better. It's just, it's just it's literally like – the whole point of his style is he drives to the basket and clears space for four other shooters around him to make their game better. I, I just simple, I just, right? It's just simple. It's like, oh man, I could coach that. I could right. shit. I could do that. <laughs> and it's just I've never seen someone so big just take their foot and stick it so far into their mouth <laughs> on live TV. I've no I didn't think it was possible. And you know, hat hats off to you, Charles. Hats off to yeah. you for doing it. I just because I just it's I like those guys too. I love those dudes, but I was just like, bro, Charles, walk it back, walk it back. Yeah. 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 No, I, I listen, I'm I'm down with it. if you look at uh Ja, and these are very generic stats, but 
Over the 201 games that he's played in his career, he's averaging 7.1 assists a game. Like, like what do you like? What more do you want him to do? Okay, like, and this is with some really bad shooters. He has to. He's obviously blossomed into the most dynamic player in the game. Okay, but what he also does is he gets wide open shots. But then you look at the guys next to him and Desmond Bain, and he's getting him wide open shots. He's making Stevo and Stevo a little bit to his own credits, making him own his own self become a better player. But he's making Stevo become a guy who is a a fifth starter, a center in this league that literally I think Grizzlies fans would be really pissed at if we lost him. Um, and so I think that's what you look at is you know how does he make his players better? I think he gets some shots. It's their problem they don't make them. They don't you know that that is what it is. I, I'm trying to look right now of like the three point shooting of where the Grizzlies rank. It can't be good. It cannot be good. They have to be <laughs> yeah. one of the lowest in the league percentage-wise. And so it, that's kind of on the team themselves. Yep. Daniel, real quick, say that one more time, what you said Ja has, has averaged as far as assists per game. Yep. 7.1 assists over 201 games played in his career. Okay. So I had this just really quick dialogue with one of my homeboys the other day because he was saying that nobody in the NBA – makes anybody better that they're NBA players and they're supposed to do what they, what they do. And that's it. And so I was like, okay, if, if John doesn't name me somebody that does, and he really just kept going down that rabbit hole, but I'm like, okay, Chris Paul, probably one of the greatest facilitated floor generals ever that we've ever seen. Say what you want about how you feel about him personally, but per game, his whole career, I don't even know how many games he's played nine and a half assists per game. You can't tell me that he doesn't make his teammates better. Uh, LeBron James, every team that he plays on for pretty much his whole career has been crap. And he's went to probably, the, I mean, in our area, at least the most finals, um, 7.4 assists per game. If Jaws is at 7.1 in only 200 and some games, like with the players that, again, he's not surrounded around shooters. Like every team that LeBron has went to, he's grabbing shooters off the street, off the couch, uh, from different teams facilitating trades, you put job with some real shooters like that. Like I think that bumps up by the time it's all done to about eight, if not more than that, a game. So just I, I yeah, I, I do. I don't really understand the math. The math ain't math in Charles Barkley, but the math you know. ain't math. <laughs> <laughs> the math ain't math. Hey, uh, they uh, the Grizzlies have been ranked outside the top ten in three point percentage every year. Like uh, this yeah. is, I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah. So outside the top ten, uh, that every season he's played. So just breaking that down, like they're not knocking down big time shots. And you're talking about the difference of thirteen to twentieth is is literally uh, 0.8. Okay, mm. so it's so he's you can make this. So yeah, so this season they're ranked thirteen at thirty six point two percent. So they're they're doing okay, and he's getting some of his guys shots. But realistically. If you had a guy that was a big guy like that Steve-O is, that could catch and hammer dunks, which he mm-hmm. doesn't because he's more of a facilitator. I think that it is easily three extra assists a game. Like you get him yep. next to a Bam Adebayo, dude, it's over. It, like Toast. he could unlock Bam and a, a guy like that so much better because you know, a dump off back, you know, just like he did JV. He was passing, yep. you know, and just weak side post to JV for easy dunks. And that's what made JV being able to actually get rid of him. <laughs> 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 you just made me think about something like even with Chris Paul like 
Lob City. Like, think about that. Yes. Lob That's City. why Aiden's good. That's why Aiden's good. It's yes. not because Aiden's good. It's because of CP3. <laughs> yep. This is being honest. This is being real. This is the truth. The truth. No, they yeah. were trash before he got there. Every team he's played on for the last whatever, they could be trash before he get there. And when he get there, he changing culture. So, Ja would do the same thing. You put Ja on the Orlando Magic. You put him on the Houston Rockets with his homeboy, Jalen Green. You put him on what's the other slow team that's out there? Any of them. They're going to be in the running every single game they go on the floor. And you can't tell me that he's not making them better if he's out there. So can you can you think of any team that if you actually took off, let's say their best player, whoever you want to assume it might be, mm -hmm. is there a team out there that you think that Ja would not make better realistically? I think the only team you maybe look at is a team like the Bucks, just because Giannis is so good, um, and Luca's so good. I, I think that their styles fit so well mm -hmm. with their teams. But realistically, I think you could probably take Luca off of there, and you probably unlock some of those guys because they're not having to have the ball so much like Luca. So, yep. I, I think that's the dumbest yep. take ever, <laughs> ever, ever. He's there. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, he got one of my favorite memes. This I'm gonna start a dialogue. He started the dialogue for damn sure. He showed sure in, but it just yeah, was it a is. bad one. <laughs> a real bad one. <laughs> well, Luke, I know you got to get out of here, bro. But we're gonna let you go ahead and end it off with the player of the week, uh, and we'll get out of here. Well, it's got to be Jaron. You know, like I it, just with him coming back, with him coming back in such dominance, like I. Mm -hmm. And no one else really played good enough this week, to be honest. <laughs> it could have been Jitty, but, I mean, yeah. you know, Jaron, you know, Jaren, I'm going to give it to Jaron. I'm very thankful in the spirit of Thanksgiving that Jaron's back, so I'm going to give it to Jaron for this week. Yeah, and I, in all fairness, you called Jaron as your player of the week before that game the other night. So it's not because yep. of the great game that he had that night. I, yep. give you I was going to give it to him anyway. Yep, yep. I got I got the receipts on that, y'all. I got the receipts. <laughs> <laughs> you also had a Super Saiyan player of the week that had to be changed because of the game. <laughs> oh, yeah. I was going to give it to SGA, but we played him off the court the other night. I felt like I can't give it to him after that. So I pulled a mulligan, and I'm going to give it to Joel Embiid. Um, okay. But but not Super Saiyan. He's turning into Frieza, man. Did you see him throw yeah. that, el that elbow into Giannis? Did you see it, Daniel? I, I completely oh, missed man. it. Oh, man, he, he like, just boop, like, right in your, and, and, and beats <laughs> ass ends up on the floor. It's not even Giannis. <laughs> like, he goes in just to stop him, and like a, comp, like a comic book movie gets blown backwards. Hey, seeing these dudes become real-life humans and actually, like, being angry and, like, being, you know, roughing each other up, dude, it's the best. Because you're like, all right, it's awesome. you, you humanized yourself. <laughs> you became a dude that's pissed off, and I love it. Kyrie said, it's like baseball fights are the best thing guys. on the internet. Yeah. Kyrie said, do not dehumanize them. That's what Kyrie <laughs> said. Kyrie is back tonight against the uh, Memphis Grizzlies. Uh, we're going to see what's going to happen with that. But um, predictions for the week, we'll end it with that. I think we only have four games this week. We play the Nets tonight. We play the Kings on Tuesday, Pelicans on Friday right after the holiday, and then the Knicks at the Knicks on Sunday. Where are we going, y'all? What's the record on them four games? Three and one. Sheesh. <laughs> I gotta stick with my guns and say we win tonight. I have to. I can't I can't walk it back. I've said it in public too many times. I gotta stick with it. <laughs> I would um I I want to and my homer in me says two and two, and I would be thrilled with a two and two mm -hmm. record. Um I really do think it's a one and three. Uh, it just you. depends on Jaron. It just depends on Jaron, but I, I think that um 
the Kings are much better than they have been. And I think that uh, not having a guy that can score at the level that the Kings going at, such as Fox, mm-hmm. like they're scoring at high numbers. I don't think this team is fit to score at high number. We have to play, get down dirty. And I think that's why we can play against the Knicks. And I even think that we can play against the Pelicans um, and the Nets. But the problem is there's no way you're going to win all those. I, I'd, I'll stick two and two, and I feel good about it. I'm going to go one and three. <laughs> Surprisingly, I think we may put – we got a chance in my eyes to pull out the Brooklyn game just because they just got a lot of drama over there. So you just never know game to game how that's going to shake up. But I'm with you on the Kings. If we can't outscore them, it's just not going to be great. And then I'm just worried. If, if, if Zion's back on Friday, I know it's a home game, so the, the form's going to be rocking. You know, after the holiday, everybody probably won't, you know, tickets while they're at home. But – uh I just don't know how that was going to go in the Knicks. Like you said, it could be a fight. They kind of the same thing. They up and down. But I'm going to go one and three. We shall see on next week. Hey, real quick on the betting advice, I'll share this with you. With these teams, just looking at them, be careful, especially like a team like the Kings. It could be a blowout. A lot of these games have blowout potential because if it doesn't Mm -hmm. break right in the first half, you're not going to have a good line. The good thing with this team is you only have 10 guys, and they're young, so you know they're going to play. You know that the coach is going to stick with them. That's yeah. okay, but just be careful about your your vets, like your Dylan Brooks, your Tyus Jones. Don't hammer those too hard, but if you want to hammer a guy like LaRavia, Roddy, uh, even Conchar, just be careful, but I think that you're good on some. Just be, just not all, okay? Not all. <laughs> we appreciate that, Daniel. Hey, make sure if y'all not, a follow, not following Bet the Lead, follow them because he's made me some money over this season, so – uh, football and basketball. So definitely tap into that uh, on the Discord, the Twitter page, all of that. Luke, appreciate you, buddy. I know you got to get out of here. Daniel, we appreciate you stepping in. Uh, six man of the year candidate right here on the <laughs> chat yeah, with us. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, man, we appreciate y'all tuning in. Uh, we will see y'all next week. Stay locked in. Stay tuned in. Go Grizz.